I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Tuesday. Next year's Super Bowl odds are out. We've got the big four here in reverse order. Green Bay and the Bills, 12-1. Tampa Bay, 9-1. Kansas City, 5-1. The favorite, Kansas City. Obviously, betters are not worried about reports today of Patrick Mahomes and a toe surgery. The It really raises the issue, though, how much did it affect him in the Super Bowl, and did we underaccount for it as betters? Speaking of betting, even though TV ratings are down, 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 legal sports betting is up over 50% this year's Super Bowl. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a Tuesday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. We're going to be doing newsy things today a little bit, but otherwise another day breaking down the Super Bowl. And to me, we could start talking college basketball. Nah. We could dig into the NBA, which tomorrow we're going to really break that open. But this is the game that tells you so much, the Super Bowl, about the season itself. And to me, if, you know, they call, in business, they call it a postmortem. It's the idea is when once something's over, take the time to figure out what happened so you can carry those lessons with you moving forward. And... There's some pretty strong takes I've got, I think, that differ from most people on the game. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we are still reeling from the results of Super Bowl 55, we've got a streaker claiming he's won close to $400,000 for doing so. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? (laughs) You know, I'm really not up on the streaker. I might have to hear about that myself. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes. And I got a good bit of feedback, Jonas, saying I was a little hard on Mahomes. And I think it's fair to say yesterday that my takeaway was this uh, this guy is clearly as talented as any quarterback today, probably as talented as any quarterback ever. He's played exceptionally well in his career. You could make the case at this point in his career, he's played as well as anyone. So if you're as talented as anyone and, as, and play as well as anyone – you know, so it's both uh, potential and actually accomplishment. You're you're in the top tier, no doubt. To me, what troubles me is the same thing that I think troubles me with all the talk about the future and talk show type stuff, which is they're acting like it's happened before it's happened. And then if you do that, once it happens, it doesn't get the amazing 
credit it deserves. Like what Tom Brady does, seven Super Bowls, he does, it wasn't the potential to win seven. He does seven. He wins seven. And to me, Mahomes might win a couple more, right? But I'll tell yeah. you this, Dan Marino was the best quarterback at the time we've ever seen. He won zero. Now, Mahomes already has won one. So I want to dig into Mahomes, but specifically his toe surgery, and we can talk about – um, I think it's important about how much it affected him and then segue to some, I think, projections about where people maybe are getting it wrong with Mahomes. Yeah, and according to reports, Patrick Mahomes will have surgery to fix his turf toe. The expectation is he's going to have to rehab the injury for a couple of months, but they are expecting him back for next season, obviously. So if you would have known that, if they would have said before the Super Bowl, that Patrick Mahomes was going to have surgery. It's already scheduled on his toe, and they expect it to be uh, multiple months of rehab, but he should be 100% next season. How would that have affected your handicap, your projections on the game? Well, that's the part that I thought was a little puzzling because I have turf toe. I got turf toe about 10 years ago. I still have issues with my foot. So the idea that he got turf toe in a playoff game and was trying to claim up until the game that his toe was almost 100%, I just didn't buy it. I I didn't – now, it didn't impact me, and I didn't take that into account because I'm terrible at sports betting. (laughs) But but somebody probably could have used that information and and done something smart with it. But I just didn't think there was any chance he was going to be anywhere close to 100%, which is why I, I don't know where he finished uh, from the, in the rushing yards prop because I know that was one that well, we discussed. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he ran a bunch early, I, I'm he for did. sure. Yeah, I, I just I thought it was a bigger deal than they were letting on all the way through. And, and I think this brings up a couple of points. Well, first, quick personal question is, which putt-putt golf course did you hurt your toe at? <laughs> I, no, actually, I did it drunk. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's total karma because I, I was trying to do the old where you get down on a knee behind one of your buddies and another guy shoves ah! him over. And when he got shoved over me, he sat down on me. And the way that my foot was positioned, my big toe went all the way oh. back and touched my, the top of my no, foot. To this just, day, I still have issues. I'm just doing some yeah. back-of-the-napkin Matthew, you were almost 30 and you were behind someone like, it's, is that correct? Yeah, that's a true story. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, so, you know. So, so rested development, I think. Is yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's <laughs> that, not a good look. That's Jonas Knox. He admits to it, though. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. All right, so first things first. We won't get on the soapbox about this, but I'm going to keep saying it in a stern voice. I'm going to lower my register a little bit here. There's billions of dollars bet on the Super Bowl. The NFL has a right or an obligation. We have a right to know the information about these games, about injuries in an accurate fashion. Way back when, the injury report only began for one reason. I think it was Pete Rozelle. It was way back saying, if everything is known, if there's transparency, there is no inside information. And that is undebatably true. The more that you hide, the more there is to discover from the big, big betters and the more illicit crap going on, paying trainers, corrupting people. That's what these guys do. And we can judge that or not. That's not my job to do. It's a a betting marketplace, just like the stock market is a betting marketplace. And if someone at company XYZ lies, misleads, hides information, they go to jail. Elon Musk sent a tweet about 
if I vaguely remember, he was going to potentially take Tesla private. And it was one tweet saying, I've got the funding. We might do it. That was it. That was it. And he was fined, I think, $25 million. And it was, hey, you're messing with the markets, right? If, you, if you're going to go uh, private, go private. But you can't talk about it. Now, we might say that's stocks and this is sports betting. Okay, what's your point? There's billions of dollars being bet. And we were pounding our fists about Todd Gurley. And in hindsight, the Super Bowl in which Gurley played, you know, so poorly, where the lead up he was injured, it seemed. Yeah. You know, Jonas, we've we've been talking about that now for two years. And you know what? Do we think Gurley was 100%? Has time somehow uh, vindicated the Rams in that case? No, no, they were deceptive. And to me, this is real simple. This is real simple. PEDs, whatever it is. If there's something you want to stop, you make the penalty draconian. You make it so tough. I'm not talking about cutting off hands. I'm saying make it so tough that you that, that you don't consider lying. I mean, if you if you really think about the way the stock market has been with insider trading, in the mid-80s, the early 80s, you watch those movies, you read a book like Liar's Poker, which is a famous book about trading stocks in the 80s. It, it, insider trading was kind of like you didn't want the school superintendent to find out you were smoking in the boys' room. It just wasn't taken all that seriously. And it was rampant. And then one day, people started going to jail. And then one day, the amount of it went down significantly. And it strikes me, what is the downside? And let me ask you, Jonas, what is the downside for the NFL to say, you knowingly mislead about an injury, you lose a first-round pick? And at this, no one can ever mistakenly, knowingly mislead. It's not like an innocent person is ever going to be in trouble. I get the whole idea of the... You know, what is it, HIPAA and all that? But listen, part of kind of playing the NFL is you're now a, uh, your health is of public interest. So however they're going to navigate that, they're doing it now. It's just they're doing it without being forthright about it, without being honest about it. What to you, Jonas, is the downside to simply say this needs to be done uh, forthrightly? This needs to be done with all candor and uh, or there's big penalty. No, I don't think there is a downside. And I think if you can't have it both ways. You can't reap the benefits of everything that gambling has brought. And fantasy football is gambling. I mean, we can we can try and spin it however well, we want. Well, daily fantasy is for sure. Yeah, and it's why, you know, the NFL was so against Tony Romo having that, what was it, that conference in Vegas? I think he was going to have like a fantasy football sort yeah. of conference in Vegas a few years back. And I think that was, what, four or five years ago? So yeah. it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it was and, certainly years before the legalization, but it wasn't that couple years years before yeah yeah and so you can't you can't make a, a certain amount of money and get people so interested in your sport because of the gambling aspect of it and then not hold up your end of the bargain when it comes to being 100% and truthful about these injuries that impact all of this stuff and i remember the doll investigated a couple of years ago because Ryan Tannehill uh, was was listed as a participant in practice all week long. And then day of the game, it was reported, yeah, he's not starting. Brock Osweiler starting. And the NFL investigated him because people said, how do you go from practicing all week as a starting quarterback and now you're just not available for the game? And they looked into it because they didn't like how it was reported by Adam Gase and company. So they've done stuff 
they've, they've investigated this stuff, but I don't think they've laid the hammer down enough, in my opinion. But usually they've investigated it because it peeved them off about something other yeah. than just getting the information out there. And I'll tell you this, if I were a head coach in the NFL, I would push the boundaries as much as I could. I mean, Belichick famously, one time they complained he didn't have Brady on the um, injury list. And then for the next 20 or 10 years, he was always right. probable yeah. with a shoulder. <laughs> and and it's like, now, is that, I mean, in a way, it's a mockery of it. But if I'm Belichick, I think that's a legit mockery because he's saying, oh, you're going to tell me now that we're taking this seriously. But we, you know, so in general, this is the NFL really, there's no doubt. It's one thing if it said it's going to cost you $100 million. But it's best for this for the betting markets, and you are reaping the benefits, as Jonas said. So you should. That I get why they'd push back on that. It doesn't cost them a dollar no. to say this needs to be done correctly. But in a way, they want to be. This is the ego of the NFL, and part of that is caused them to be so successful. Is this sense of we're important, we're going to charge a lot of money. It, it, you know, fake it till you make it. And at each level, the NFL has acted more successful than they've been, and obviously they've become very, very successful, and they're going to keep perpetuating that. But to me, there's nothing to this except saying we don't have to care about what you're telling us to care about. Betting, yeah, we'll make money on it, but we're not going to change our approach of reporting injuries just so the batters have the right information. Except before they used to make a dollar on it directly, they were smart enough to do that. Because all it's going to take is a scandal of inside information with injuries. And lo and behold, that is a multiple million dollar Let's say impact negative to the NFL, just PR or whatever. Okay. Oh, go ahead, James. Well, no, I was just going to say, if you can avoid any level of shadiness at all costs, make sure you avoid it. Because I still believe there are some people who have never forgiven the NBA for the Tim Donahue thing. They're never going to look at the NBA the same and think everything's on the up and up based on what happened because that was clear evidence that, okay, something funny was going on and it impacted a lot of people. And and I still to this day think there's some skepticism about foul calls and whatever because they have a clear example of a guy who was in on it and, and somebody who was who was doing something illegal while these games were being played. Well, personally, I wouldn't be on the radio right now if it wasn't for that. So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll accept the way that went down. Though I will say this, I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas, is um, a fellow, an AP, you know, we for years now, we've uh, pregame.com is the exclusive odds provider for the Associated Press. But before that, I knew uh, Brian Mahoney pretty well. I haven't talked to Brian for yeah. a few years with the AP. And uh, he'd come out right around that time and we'd have, you know, lunch or a drink or whatever. And at one point he said... Yes, yeah, Stern's really mad at you. And I'm thinking, me? And he's like, yeah, he always says that effing RJ and then like something I was reporting on with it or whatever. He's like, you won't let this thing die. <laughs> so I, I, I can't lie. I was pretty happy that Stern was cussing me out. So, <laughs> okay. So we know what we want and need, quite frankly, from the NFL in regards to injury reporting. But let's talk about the reality of Mahomes and this injury. I think unequivocally Jonas's approach of not really contemplating the injury is what most batters do, even more sophisticated, let's say bigger batters. And I think that it's important to go over quickly here, less than a minute, how you approach injuries typically. 
the one question most people think about is how they play or will they play or won't they play? Yes or no. But it's important if it's a yes to think about what percentage of effectiveness is the injured player going to have. And one real key to that is how much does he use that element of himself in his game. So Mahomes, for example, is a very mobile quarterback, uh, probably as mobile as anyone since Fran Tarkenton when it comes the old school scrambling. And his strength of his arm is one of the reasons he's able to do that because he can be back 15, 18 yards and make the throws other guys are making from 8 or 10 yards. That, to me, is a huge advantage. And one of the reasons Kansas City hasn't maybe emphasized the O-line as much as maybe it looks like they should have now with the injuries they had But in general, you look at a Mahomes and you say he's very mobile. Thus, if his foot is hurting, if his toe is hurting, it probably will have somewhat of an effect. And people kind of shy away from things that aren't yes or no answers. But you can just say, okay, he's injured. It's going to affect him some. I don't know if it's going to be 10% or 30%. And then you kind of guess in the middle and understand that it's a guess, but don't just ignore it because it's no absolute clear answer. Because the human mind tends to hate complexity like that. It hates uncertainty. So sometimes people just want to get an answer even though there is no clear answer. I don't think there was a clear answer how much Mahomes was going to be limited, but I think the answer was likely greater than zero hindrance and thus... Another reason maybe Kansas City lost that game. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. I'm going to pose the following to you, Jonas, and a lot of people are going to be shocked at this about Mahomes. Could we be glimpsing the future, that Super Bowl game? Could that be a glimpse of Mahomes' future? Meaning, beat up because he's taken a lot of hits. Limited because he's been injured. I'm talking five years now, seven years from now. You know, maybe hurts himself, you know, a knee or whatever. Obviously, we're not hoping for it. But now he comes back. He's just a little slow. He's a little beat up. Now that he's beat up, he's taking even more hits. Also, with that contract, let's give some credit. They planned it so there would be a year or two more of reasonable salaries and they could keep their team. But once he's up to $40 million plus and beyond it's going to be hard to have much of a team around him. So now the O-line won't be as good. Um, the the defense won't be as good. I mean, this guy's been on a rookie contract. And imagine now when he's not, you know, $11 million against the cap, but he's $45 million against the cap. And then finally, I would make the following case. Andy Reid was not as engaged as he typically is. And that's not my assessment. Multiple people, Mike Lombardi, for example, friend of the show was saying he was really flabbergasted at the lack of adjustments that Kansas City was making. And that they saw once Tampa Bay was doing what they were doing defensively with the two high safeties, it was like, okay, there's got to be a big screen game. There's got to be all these different ways to approach it. Maybe put Hill back uh, as a running back, which he did in college, and just doing different things to get him the ball, even though they were doubling him. And they just kind of said, oh, Tampa's playing that. Okay, let's keep going, guy. It didn't feel like Mahomes was working hard. He was struggling. It didn't feel like the coaches were doing much. 
And in a way, if Andy Reid was distracted by his son in, in, in that situation, it would only make sense. But chances are that Mahomes won't have the best coach in football, one of the best coaches in the future. He's probably going to be beat up, and he's probably going to be thinned out the rest of the team. Could what we saw in the Super Bowl be a harbinger of the future for Mahomes? Well, yeah, no, I think it's possible. And if you just want a recent example, look at the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. I mean, I think part of the reason why that defense was so pissed off that they threw the ball at the goal line instead of handing it off to Marshawn Lynch and losing that Super Bowl is because I think they realized there's a big difference between getting one Super Bowl and winning that second. And had they won that second one, they're looked at and that team is looked at much differently and if you're a Chiefs fan, I know they've got all this talent. You just can't expect that you're going to automatically be back there next year. I mean, there's still some quality quarterbacks, really good quarterbacks in the AFC and some good teams. And to see him take a beating like that, and to your point, I don't. I, I, the, the adjustments was puzzling to me all game long. And also the fact that I can't think of how many, uh, maybe on one hand, how many times I can recall Mahomes dropping back and not scrambling for his life. Like, like that to me just felt like that would be the time, all right, all right th- some short passes. Just get the ball out, keep him upright, and start moving the ball down the field, well, and there was no switch made. And I think that's back to the whole rules don't apply to them. They haven't typically had to care about the first read, and thus it was hard to care here. All right, let's take our first break, but it's almost like Jonas and I planned the show Because when we come back, we're going to have odds, actual betting odds, on how many Super Bowls Kansas City and Mahomes will win in the near future. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will discuss and get into the Super Bowl future of the Kansas City Chiefs. And also, Russell Wilson. Is it possible that we've seen the best of Russell Wilson? I think it is. This is a great day to join. We are the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Our audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we're going to push through to March Madness, make this a great February and March right here in Las Vegas on the Strip. 63 degrees and the neon is flowing. With the Kansas City Chiefs losing Super Bowl 55 just a couple of days ago, the question becomes, according to the voice of Vegas, what does the Super Bowl future look like for KC? Yeah, this is going to surprise people. So think about it before I give you the number. How many Super Bowls would you expect Patrick Mahomes to win in his career? And obviously with bets like that, there's a lot of debate about, okay, if a guy retires, does it? what happens if he comes back a year later? Like Gronk, right? If, if you would have made a bet on Gronk's Super Bowl count, well, it just went up one, even though he retired for a full year. But Vegas is pretty good at defining things like that, and they have. And we've got the odds. And let me ask you, Jonas, and we'll have the audience think about it too. What would your over-under be for Kansas City Mahomes Super Bowls in his career? If you set it at one and a half, I would uh, mean for the rest of his career, now that he's already got one? Yeah, yeah, so additional wins. If you set it the over-under at one and a half, I would take the under. 
wow, that is sharp. Because I think most people would have said two, two and a half, and the number is one and a half. Uh, and it's towards the over, though. So you'd actually be in the minor. It's like over minus 150. Um, so it's saying there's a pretty good chance it gets to two, but it's, you know, 40% chance it doesn't, right? And then when I say get to two, I mean two additional, which would be three in total. Now, here's another question. If I would have asked you that same question a year ago, the day after, let's say, they won the Super Bowl last year, would your so it's the question is additional Super Bowl wins by Mahomes and the Chiefs? Has your number gotten worse or better? Because obviously, it seems like hey, they just missed an opportunity, and thus the odds or the number should be lower now because they lost this year. What do you think? Uh, I would have said the over a year ago. If you would have said it at, at one and a half, a number of Super Bowls yes. Mahomes would win. I would have said the over a year ago. After Sunday, I'm taking the under. Okay, now I'm fast. I want to hear why that is. But first, let me say, in this case, you're going against the public. They've actually increased the number of Super Bowls expected from Mahomes additionally. All right, so the ones in the books, and before entering this year, it was over under one and a half, about minus 120. So right around even money. Now it's over one and a half, minus 150. It does. It seems counterintuitive, but it makes sense a little bit to me. When you have a one-year team like that, and you could have said the year before when they lost to the Patriots, but you know there is, is a question of was it a fluke? And once you have that second, you know, a, a fourteen and two year that was effectively fifteen and one if they had played their starters, and then you make the Super Bowl again, and then you could make the case these injuries. This was a real rash of injuries on the O line. Uh, you could say that you, even though you have one last year, you're generally more optimistic about this franchise with this quarterback. That's what the better say. I think it's counterintuitive, but I kind of like it in that they're thinking beyond. It's just not one less year now, which is the case, right? One less year to win it. But they're thinking they prove something to us. Now, you feel like they've proved something maybe in the reverse direction. What is leading to your pessimism about Kansas City? Because I just look at the opportunity. I mean, how many quarterbacks get the opportunity to play in more than two Super Bowls? I mean, it's not like I, I think that we've looked at Brady and just assumed that like one of the conversations was, you know, if Mahomes can win this, he's now trailing six to two. I, I don't know. Does anybody actually think Mahomes had a realistic shot at winning seven Super Bowls like Brady did? I just well, I, remember it would have been six at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I am. I I just I look at it as opportunities are so rare when you get to the Super Bowl, you got to close the door. You got to be able to close when you get there, and they didn't do it. And so I I I'm going to bet on the side of the likelihood is more that they're not going to win another Super Bowl than it is that they're going to win another Super Bowl with Mahomes. For me, because I, I've seen so many quarterbacks who will get to a Super Bowl early or get to one Super Bowl, maybe get to two, and you never see them again. I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I, think, I, I think it's a rarity to have this, this many opportunities. Just to be clear, though, you think they're favored to win one more, just not two more, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say one more, uh, but definitely not two more. 
Okay. Now, and, and you're not saying definitely not that it's impossible, meaning you definitely think it's less than 50%. Yes. Right? Cuz yeah. I mean if you if I asked for 3 for 1, you'd give me 3 for 1 uh, or you wouldn't give me 3 to 1. If I said I two Super Bowl wins, you pay me 3 to 1, you wouldn't do that. So no. I, we're talking odds here, right? Which is what we do cuz we're straight out of Vegas that's Jonas Knox and RJ Bell. I think it speaks to and then we're going to get to Russell Wilson. It speaks to the Listen, every generation laments the next generation, right? It's always they're to this, they're to that. Literally in the Bible, there's complaining about kids, right? They, they don't understand like we did. And I think it's just change, right? As you get older, you want to think, oh, look, the kids want to change things because they want something of their own. That's why even great musicians or bands don't usually stay popular for multiple generations of kids because the kids look at what their older brother were listening to and said, that's cool, but I want my own thing. And then sometimes those bands come back later and have another cycle, but they at least got to skip a generation because each kid wants to have his own thing. And I I think you see that with social media sometimes, right? Facebook is huge with a lot of people. It still is. But now a next generation says, oh, no, no, no. That's for the old fogies. You know, we're on Snapchat. And then the next one says, no, no, TikTok. And that's going to keep going because let's be clear. Every generation that I can speak for when I was a kid, you wanted to have your own thing. But all that said, the general movement in society away from actual accomplishment, because if most people fail, most people can't <laughs> can't uh, compare to Brady. Right. Obviously. And so what do you do? You either look in the mirror and you say, yep. I failed. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, but I failed. I'm okay with that. Or you find an excuse. I've never, I can't tell you how many people have told me they would have played pro sports if they didn't have that one injury <laughs> in division two. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying you said that about your turf toe, but I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, you've heard that, right? Oh yeah. I, I've, I played high school football and I've been very honest about it. I was atrocious. Uh, there was, there was no, no shot, but there's a lot of people who feel like, well, the coach held me back or I didn't. Oh get yeah. Yeah. There's all one injury. And, yeah. and listen, I get it. We all got to do what we got to do to survive, right? and to look in the mirror. But to me, the movement away from and somehow invalidating what actually has happened and, and what they did work really hard for and making it all about theories and, and projections. And it just, I, to me, Mahomes, I was asking the questions yesterday a little bit harshly, I admit, but I don't know what he's done that makes him anything but one of the like seven or eight or nine real talents early in a career. Meaning that do we really think Deshaun Watson, if he was on Kansas City from day one, wouldn't be comparable? I mean, it feels like to me he'd be comparable. Yeah. And and you could make the case that, that you know, who knows if Belichick had had Aaron Rodgers. Now, again, we can say what makes Brady so amazing is his work ethic. I agree with that. But the next school, maybe Peyton Manning is the better example. How many Super Bowls would Peyton Manning and Belichick have had? And let's not forget, whoever's saying that Brady is proven it wasn't Belichick, wait a minute, you're going to be mentored by someone by for 20 years? And somehow that's not going to be what you carry forward. If I'm Belichick, I'm so proud that the, the, that my teachings were able to extend outside of the Patriot system. Obviously, there's ambivalence probably, or I don't even know, but you could see it. But to me, you look at Brady and you can exalt his records and all that, but you can't 
subtract out why he's done what he's done. It's not his body. It's not his talent. It's been his work ethic. And then if you just project upon who can throw the ball behind their back, I'm not sure how that – and from what I hear, Mahomes is a hard worker, right? It's not yeah. Brady level, but I hear he's a hard worker. So maybe he's going to have a great career. But he hasn't had an all-time career yet. And the sooner that we start talking about reality and stop talking about projection, the more that it, we motivate people to continue to focus on reality. Because I'll tell you this, last thing on this topic, when I look at the NBA now, you could say that so-and-so and so-and-so doesn't work really hard enough to win titles. I'm saying I'm not sure how much they care anymore. I, I really get a sense for the first time in the last year or two that before people used to have other priorities, but they would pay the price in that they wouldn't win and thus they would never take in all that seriously or whatever. Now I'm not sure if people even care about titles as much, the new generation. It's, if you ask a kid, would you rather be Tim Duncan or would you rather be James Harden? Yeah. Is everyone saying Duncan? No. In the new no, generation. Ma majority of people are saying James Harden. So now the question becomes, once that's the case, then, you know, we'll be the old fogies talking about how <laughs> important titles are. And they're going to be talking about Instagram counts. And about two years ago, I said, that's the number that matters now. Uh, I might have been predicting the future too much. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Thanks, Dan. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Let's take our last break, and when we come back, we're going to go over the Super Bowl odds for next season. Lamar Jackson specifically is getting this, let me tell you that. Plus, we are going to talk about Russell Wilson, and could it be that the best is behind him? He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., speaking of quotes, Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, he had some interesting ones earlier today, speaking with Dan Patrick about whether or not he was available via trade, but also talking with local media there in Seattle, saying that he gets hit too much. Uh, Russell Wilson of the Seahawks opening up a little bit. This is a really interesting conversation. Uh, we can speculate if he's going to be there or not, but... Uh, Let's get into the thinking about this. Number one, doesn't this Jonas seem to contradict the idea of let Russ cook? Yeah. Because the whole idea is if you're throwing a bunch, you're going to take hits no matter what. And if you run the ball and do play action, you don't. And Big Ben, for example, though he's gotten old, Steelers did a good job five, six years ago, seven years ago, started drafting a bunch of linemen. And the line got really good, and Ben took a lot less hits later in his career, even before he started throwing the ball so quickly this year. In general, Russell Wilson, if he is going to throw, 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 he's going to get hit, hit, hit. So contradictory. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't know when in NFL history having a good running game has ever been a detriment. Like, I don't. <laughs> well, just, but, you know, the stats guys are going to say it's how much right. do you run, how much do you pass. <laughs> and, and I'm saying every time you pass, you know, you don't usually get in a car wreck if you don't leave the house. Right. So every time you pass, there's a chance of getting sacked. When you hand, out the, hand off the ball, you don't get sacked. I mean, there you go. Number two, though. And again, who knows how much of the let Rush Cook is about him and how much is about other people saying it? Because I don't know if I've ever heard him say that. Number two, quarterback sacks are a quarterback dictated stat a big chunk of the time. Yeah, occasionally you're going to get sacked from the blind side and you don't have anything to say about it. But in general, you're, look at Big Ben. He threw the ball so quickly he hardly got sacked. Now, it's not like you want the quarterback to do that. You want the quarterback to be willing to take a hit here and there. And some quarterbacks aren't, especially as they get older. But the idea that the sack, and it's not like the O-line's been great for Seattle, but this has been the game of Russell Wilson, meaning he's 5'11", he has trouble throwing over the line. What does he do? He wants to start running around. And what happens? You, sometimes you make an amazing play, and like Mahomes, sometimes you get sacked like he did in the Super Bowl, and like Russell Wilson has more than any quarterback in their first nine years since the merger in 1970. So 50 years, he's been sacked the most of any quarterback in nine years of a career. So he's on pace to be the most sacked quarterback of all time. Some of that's the O-line, and some of it, no doubt, is his choice. And then finally, and again, it's, maybe it's a good choice, right, for the team, but it's a choice. Finally, I would make the following case. Maybe this is pretty much the end of Russell Wilson's elite play. And what I mean by that is he's 32 years old. He's never going to get taller. And if he isn't willing to take the hits or if he doesn't want to, he feels like it's compounding. And I'm not blaming him. All of a sudden now you're throwing the ball quicker. You're scrambling less. And thus, why was he throwing the ball, uh, holding the ball more before? Because he thought it would help him win. He thought it would help him perform. Why was he scrambling? Because he thought it would help him perform. If the unwillingness to do that starts to creep in, and if the compounding of the injuries start to creep in and slow him down a little bit, could this be the beginning of the downslide for Russell Wilson? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I buy it. And and if I were to just throw the – where would you set Super Bowls for the rest of his career for Russell Wilson? Where would you set the over-under at? At a half? At a half, and I'd probably be towards the under. I would too. Because I think Pete Carroll, things have kind of passed by. Hey, we'll talk about it tomorrow. We got those Super Bowl odds for next season, and Fezzik's in, and he's going to give us his three – early favorite picks on the Super Bowl. And like we said, the big four right now is Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and who's the last one? Jonas, you remember? Uh, was it Buffalo? Buffalo, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's Fez's Buffalo Bills. <laughs> about still. If you missed any of today's show, including a deep dive and a look ahead at the prospects for the Kansas City Chiefs when it comes to Super Bowls during the Patrick Mahomes era, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio, and as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Right out of Vegas! Vegas! 